Please be aware that this is for professional investors only. Hello and welcome to the latest NAM Talks. As always, I'd just like to let you know that if you have any questions, you can always contact us via our corporate email, which is nordeafunds at nordea.com. So we have another very timely NAM Talks for you this month. Uh, as we're all aware, recent events in uh, the banking sector have led to questions about the safety of financial debt. And so connected to that, we've seen an inevitable widening of associated spreads in the market. Now, for investors in European covered bonds, uh, these developments once again offer an extremely attractive entry point, especially considering the high credit quality that this asset class has to offer. So, to find out more about the dynamics in play and the opportunities available, we are joined this morning by Portfolio Manager Henrik Stiller. Good morning, Henrik. Good morning, Paul. So, Henrik, the, this morning, the idea is to share with our viewers what it is that makes you think that uh, the investment case for European cover bonds is so compelling right now. So, to do that, we need to just start off by reminding everyone, you know, just how secure this asset class has proven to be. Um, even in the most stress market environments. So my first question, how safe are European cover bonds? Yeah, I mean, cover bonds are the ultimate rates product in the, in the current environment uh, as we see it. And uh, I think the important thing is that you now really, again, want to have some, some rates exposure in, uh, yeah, in, I mean, as part of your investments, because we are back to a situation where we have negative correlation between bonds and equities, and you also have much more room for bonds to perform given that interest rates are higher. And then, of course, the question is what type of bonds are you going to use uh, in this part of your investment portfolio with these characteristics that they have this negative correlation with equities? And uh, then you don't want to go uh, too much down in the capital structure because then you don't get the rates exposure. Then instead you get more of a, uh, a credit exposure that will be not negatively correlated with, uh, with equities. Mm -hmm. And among the rates exposures, you can then choose between uh, cover bonds. Uh, you could also buy high-grade uh, corporate bonds and also government bonds. But... Um, as we will show today, it's a very, very unique situation in the sense that government bonds, they are not likely to, to work as well as they usually do. In, in a normal situation, when you are in the current part of the economic cycle, government bonds would probably work quite well as a, a rates product. But <clears throat> we think it's very attractive to replace government bonds with cover bonds, given the, the very diverging supply outlook that we have for the rest of this year uh, between the two asset classes. So you will basically get rates exposure in cover bonds, but without the supply pressure that you have in government bonds. Yeah, I wanted to come to that a little bit later and, and talk about you know how we see uh, the rest of the year developing. And you, you mentioned some supply points there that, that perhaps we'll come back to. I think 
I'm guessing that everyone's absolutely itching to know, you know, how Credit Suisse cover bonds have fared um, over the past couple of months. Uh, how are things looking there? Yeah, I mean, like everything that Credit Suisse issued, they have been going a lot up and down. Uh, <laughs> but but then, of course, uh, the, the good thing is that uh, there is... Uh, not any real probability that you will have any defaults or any losses on your Credit Suisse cover bonds in the end. We can never know for sure what will happen further down in the capital structure, and we saw what happened to the 81s. But the, the cover bonds are issued by the Swiss entity, and uh, we are talking about one of the richest countries in the world. So to, 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 to have a situation where Switzerland uh, would allow uh, cover bonds from their second largest bank to default. This is not something that we see. And that's why the spread widening that we saw in, in the cover bonds from Credit Suisse during March uh, is actually a very good buying opportunity. Usually it is a good buying opportunity when we see spread widening due to uncertainty further down in the capital structure. And the cover bonds from Credit Suisse almost widened 100 basis points when they, they, they widened the most, despite that uh, they basically don't have the, yeah, the, the default risk or the uncertainty that we, we see further down in the capital structure. Yeah, I think this is a recurring theme, isn't it? Particularly with this asset class. If you understand just how safe European cover bonds are, whenever you see these drawdowns, that's an opportunity. Um, so perhaps linked to that, I'm, I'm just wondering um, if there's ever been a known case of a covered pool being used in the event of an issuer default. Has that ever happened before? Yeah, that has actually never been the case uh, because uh, we had a lot of banks that defaulted over the, the years uh, in Europe uh, specifically. And uh, what is supposed to happen when the bank is declared in bankruptcy, it, it's not uh, solvent enough to continue its operation, then the cover pool is supposed to be separated from the bank and an administrator uh, takes over the cover pool. And, and it's then the administrator's responsibility to, to sell assets in the cover pool uh, so, so that the investors, they can get their coupon payments and they can uh, be paid back at uh, maturity. Mm -hmm. But this mechanism actually never happened. It was never used. Uh, so every time a bank defaulted in Europe, instead what happened was that the governments always rescued the cover bond investors. Uh, so the government, they just took... Uh, the cover bond investors, the cover pool, and typically together with small depositors below 100,000 euros. And then all of these, they were moved to a new good bank entity that continued its operation. And the other investors further down in the capital structure, they were kept in the old defaulted bad bank entity. And then they just had to figure out uh, how, uh, yeah, how, how much of, of the losses that these investors they were going to uh, pay for by by taking haircuts on their bonds and uh, on their equities. So yeah. I think this shows that the asset class also has a very uh, strong uh, support from the authorities. And you could say, I think it's fair to say that you have an implicit government guarantee as well. Great. So we've talked specifically about Credit Suisse. 
but how has the, the sort of broader cover bond market fared this year, let's say year to date? Yeah, I mean, we you can say that in October last year, a trend started uh, um, that we think will be a trend that will run for some time, uh, even going forward. And that trend was that cover bonds, they outperformed government bonds. So the spread between cover bonds and government bonds uh, has tightened gradually since October. And that's also how, the, yeah, how it started at the beginning of this year. And then we had these events with Silicon Valley Bank in the US uh, and Credit Suisse in Europe in March. And this caused, uh, yeah, some, this, this led to some spread widening. Yeah. And that's also normal because when you have uh, risk off events in the market that uh, comes from the banking sector, it's it's typically negative for cover bonds, given that cover bonds are issued by uh, by banks. So so we had from trough to peak around twenty basis points of spread widening between cover bonds and government bonds here in the middle of March. Half of those it was cover bonds widening relative to swap, and the other half was actually government bonds performing versus swap. And in the end, that uh, yeah, we, we ended up with 20 basis points of widening. And now we have again started to tighten since uh, these events, they have not been large enough to, to cause any systemic concerns to the financial banking system. They are seen more as isolated uh, cases. And then, the forces that were in play uh, prior to March, they are again resuming control of the relative pricing between cover bonds and government bonds. And that has a lot to do with the supply technicals that we will come back to. Yeah, exactly. So, so would it be fair to say then that these wider spreads that we've seen uh, in the covered bond market are not related to real credit concerns? You know, we've already established um, how safe the, the asset class is but instead should be attributed to sort of general spread widening of financials. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are no credit concerns at this stage when it comes to cover bonds, but you always have some spillover uh, when you have a strong spread widening in, in the asset classes further down in the bank's capital structure. Because keep in mind that if you look at financial debt in general, it was very hard hit during March, much harder than what you, you would argue that normal, normally would be the case. Uh, if you look at the various uh, financials uh, indexes, they widen almost just as much as the X over benchmark that actually consists of high yield. So, 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 so you had a very negative performance of financials in general, and part of this also spread into to cover bonds, given that cover bonds are issued by banks. So, so far we've been looking backwards, but we've touched on it a couple of times, and perhaps it's more important, you know, what the outlook is. So, what are your expectations for European cover bonds uh, for the rest of the year? And, we, and you've mentioned supply a couple of times, maybe we can touch on that. Yeah, there are actually a lot of uncertainties when we look uh, into the rest of, of this year. Uh, I mean, it's uncertain what will happen to, to the economy, to inflation, uh, growth. And also, we don't know exactly if something more could happen uh, around the banking system. Uh, yeah. But one thing that we know uh, with very high certainty, almost 100%, 
is that we will get a lot of supply of government bonds because there is no way around this supply no matter what happens to the economy. And this is because the governments, they are running large budget deficits and the ECB is no longer there to buy all these bonds. The ECB, they have stopped the QE program and since 1st of March, they are even running a QT program. So they are reducing their balance sheet. And it, needs, it means that all these bonds, they need to be sold to private investors. And it's a lot of government bonds. Last year, net supply of government bonds, net of ECB uh, activity was close to 100 billion across the Eurozone. This wow. year, we are looking at uh, close to 500 billion in net supply. So, so five times more supply on a net basis of government bonds. If we then compare to government bonds, uh, or sorry, to cover bonds, yeah. uh, it's a very different story. Their supply using the same method of, of calculating as we do for government bonds, their supply is actually expected to decline by around 50%. And, and this is because the activity in the mortgage market across Europe is very low. The latest figures I saw this morning is actually is actually negative. So on a net basis, there is no new mortgage production in Europe. It's even slightly negative. And it means that all cover bonds that are issued now, they are only issued to replace old maturing cover bonds. There is no need to issue any cover bonds to fund any mortgages because there is no net production of mortgages at the moment. And, and, and the mortgage production is the single most important driver for cover bond supply. Uh, so, so cover bond supply declining 50% compared to last year, government bond supply increasing five times. With those uh, numbers, it's just very difficult to see that the spread between cover bonds and government bonds at least not should compress back down to the historical averages. Uh, because the the starting point in terms of pricing is also uh, yeah, way too wide. Uh, if we look in France as an example, there the spread between cover bonds and government bonds uh, on a historical average has been 20 basis points. Right now we are trading close to 60. So we are 40 basis points wider than the historical average. Wow. And if anything, I would probably argue that we should trade tighter than the historical average given the the very, very uh, different outlooks when it comes to supply uh, for the two asset classes. Wow. So, so bearing in mind what you've just told us, do you think it's fair to say that this asset class can be considered as an attractive um, alternative to, to not just government bonds, but also potentially uh, investment grade bonds as well? Yeah, re relative to investment grade bonds, there you have the case that you get uh, an asset class that has stronger rates features because cover bonds will behave more as a rates product uh, if you have negative equity returns, for example. So if we go into a recession and the market becomes concerned about the recession, equities are going down, then uh, since we have this negative correlation back between bonds and equities, then bonds are going to perform. But the further down you go in the capital structure of the banks and the further down you go in credit quality, uh, the, 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 then you get a smaller and smaller amount of this 
uh, rates features. Instead, you get more and more credit features. And, and those you don't want to have in this stage of the economic cycle. Yeah. Uh, those features, it's better to have when we get to the stage where the central banks, they start to cut rates. But there we are not anywhere uh, near uh, at the moment. Great. So let's take a look at the key takeaways. So first of all, European cover bonds are an extremely safe asset class. So any spread widening in the market should be viewed as a buying opportunity. Secondly, as a result, we believe that the current market conditions offer a really attractive entry level for investors. And then finally, European cover bonds are an ideal high credit quality alternative to government bonds, but also with the market being as it is, an alternative to investment grade bonds as well, as Henrik has just mentioned. So, Henrik, I had one last little question for you because I was looking at the fund flow data uh, year to date and I've seen that our best seller right now is actually the European covered bond, so the five year duration. We've got three versions uh, of this strategy, but that's the one that seems to be attracting the most assets right now. I just wondered if you, you know, why do you think it is that that could be a particularly attractive um, uh, strategy right now? Yeah, but I think that many investors, they, they see that uh, bonds, again, they have these characteristics with negative correlation with equities. And that's very attractive uh, when you use bonds as part of a, a larger investment portfolio. Uh, and if you want to have those characteristics, then you need to have uh, some duration. Uh, so so there, the, the long cover bond uh, fit in very well. Uh, it fits in very well as an alternative to, to government bonds uh, and a better rates product than, than government bonds in, in the current environment. Great. Well, thank you again for joining us this morning and uh, speak to you soon. Thank you very much, Paul. Thanks for having me. So before we sign off, uh, if you're looking for more information on our views and investment solutions, please visit Nordia Asset Management. I look forward to seeing you again in May. Goodbye.